Pastor Ed Taylor shares some encouraging observations about our Good Shepherd next. Jesus knows what you go through. He knows your ups and downs. And that qualifies him to run my life. He has every right whatsoever to run my life and to tell me where to go and what to do, to ordain in my life the days that I live, the direction and the steps that I'm to take, the things that he allows in my life to draw me nearer. And it's only in the shepherd's care that I find the quietness and the calmness I so desperately want when tough times come my way. This is amazing grace. Why? That's often the first question out of our mouths on the heels of a trial or difficulty. But today on Abounding Grace, we'll encourage you to ask another question, and it's who? Who is our great shepherd? You see, when you get to know who your great shepherd is, it's going to greatly help you the next time you encounter a difficult trial. Pastor Ed Taylor opens Romans chapter 5 and Psalm 23 today. You know, a shepherd in ancient times would have a cloth tunic on them and around that cloth tunic would often be a leather belt and on that leather belt would carry different types of tools that the shepherd would need to care for the flock. For instance, if you're jotting them down, you can if you'd like. There was a leather pouch that the shepherd had and in the leather pouch, he'd carry little knickknacks. Maybe he'd have his lunch in there or he'd keep a few polished stones in there that he could use at a later time. But it would be just kind of a little, little knickknack purse here on a leather pouch on the side. And then secondly, he'd also have a sling. And the shepherd would be wise to use that sling to both scare off predators and also, I thought this was interesting, to draw back wayward sheep. So instead of, you know, a lot of times we look at the leaving of the 99 to go after the one, and certainly the shepherd does that, there would be times where he wouldn't leave the 99, he'd just get his sling out and throw a rocket right in front of the sheep's nose, sometimes nicking them on the nose, sometimes right in front of them, and the sheep would understand, oh, I'm wandering too far, and he would come back. It makes sense, doesn't it, now that David could take a sling and five smooth stones and in one shot nail Goliath as God took that stone and fell that giant in front of all of the children of Israel. An ex experienced shepherd would have such a precise aim that he'd, able, he'd be able to drop a stone right in the front of the nose of a straying sheep. You know, a third thing we'll get to in a moment, but a third thing on the belt of the shepherd was the horn of oil. It would be a very important tool that the shepherd used to anoint his sheep and to keep the friction down and to keep the insects away, and we'll see that in a moment. You know, another thing that a shepherd carried with him was the staff. The staff, right back in Psalm 23, he says, For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they come for me. The staff, the staff was, you know, some commentators say six feet, seven feet, eight feet high with a crook in it. And the shepherd would use that and often use it as a tool to bring sheep back in order and come over here, little sheep, and come over here. And it would be something that he would hold and it would bring comfort to the sheep from the shepherd's hands. But then the last thing that he had was a rod. A rod. It's like, oh, the rod comforts me. Really? Does the rod comfort you? 
You know, the rod was a billy club-like instrument, just a real small 18 inches. He'd use it to fight hand-to-hand -hand combat with predators if necessary. And then the rod, well, the rod. The rod was also used as an instrument of correction. You know that picture I'm sure many of you have seen? I wish I could have brought it, put it up on the screen for you. But you know that picture where Jesus is walking around with the sheep on his shoulders? You know, like, how wonderful. What a great picture. I want to get one for my front room. That's so sweet. You know, I want to be that sheep. I wish I could just be that sheep and hang around with Jesus on his shoulders. And that's me and that's you, Jesus. And, and you're praying that way. Do you really want to be that sheep? Do you know how the sheep got on our shoulders? Well, the sheep, from time to time, there would be sheep that would wander and stray. They'd be so hard-headed, so rebellious, so resistant to the shepherd, be a constant source of friction among the flock, a constant straying, a constant unyielding. There was a constancy in this sheep so that there came a point in time when the shepherd had to make a decision of what to do with that sheep. And you know what he would do? He would break one or two of its legs. Ouch. They go, I want to be that sheep. No, I don't want to be so resistant and so rebellious. So he would then break their little lamb's legs and take that little lamb up on his shoulders and carry it until its legs were healed. When at last the lamb was able to walk on its own, because of the bonding that took place during that time, the shepherd was carrying the lamb on his shoulders. Do you know what? That sheep never, ever wandered again. There's times of correction. Parents, you realize that, don't you? Times of correction. That there are times as a parent where you need to correct your children. You need to spank them. I know that I might get in trouble for using the word spanking in our society today, but I'm going to be true to the word. I don't mean chasing your kids around and yelling at them and throwing shoes at them and Ed said I can spank you, get back here and throw, you know, none of that baloney. <laughs> God, God has created a very special place on the children <laughs> that's perfect to absorb the blow of a gentle rod of correction. You do not have permission to break your kids' legs, okay? Don't do that. And don't be out of control. But the Bible is very clear that there are times when there are where you need to take the rod of instruction and you need to correct your children. You put the rod of correction on the seed of understanding of your children and the Holy Spirit uses that in a special way. And correction comes in many different ways, doesn't it? At one point, kids just grow, outgrow that stuff and it need to be corrected a different way. And some of you as adults, you think, well, I've made it through the childhood stage. Nobody's going to spank me. <laughs> Not true. You know why? Because in tough times, there are times where the rod of God is a comfort to you because you know that through the rod, he loves you. He loves you. The Bible says that if we weren't corrected by our father, we would not be his children. And so there are times where maybe what you're going through is actually the correction itself. And God is using that to shape and mold you and produce in you things that couldn't come any other way. Not only does that rod comfort me, but the Lord loves me with that rod. He disciplines me and trains me. It's the same mentality that a parent has. I hope you're not disciplining your, parent, your children thinking that they're going to become perfect. They're not. You're always gently nudging them toward not perfection, but toward godliness. Godliness. 
You don't want to raise your kids' parents just to be good. Because you get good kids, you may not have godly kids. But God, he desires us to raise our kids to be godly. And with godly kids, guess what you get thrown in? Good kids. Kids that fear the Lord. Kids are facing things that we never faced before. I used to think I'd never say that. I used to think that, man, I know how I grew up. I know the things I faced. Man, this is the hard. I grew up in the worst culture and the worst society ever. Not so. Our kids, it's worse now, far greater than two or three generations. It's far greater. It's far worse now than it was even last generation. And I don't care what they're calling Generation X, Y, Z. I don't care what the generation is out there. Listen, the enemy wants our kids. And the enemy wants God's kids. And that includes all of us. And when we go through the valleys, we're not going to fear any evil because we know God is with us and his rod and his staff. They comfort us because the Lord has to sometimes break my leg to keep me from straying away and destroying my life. And through it all, there's that bonding that takes place. There's that unity that takes place between me and the Lord. Verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. There's just this abundance when you are with your shepherd. There's this abundance. Oh, the rod and the staff, they both comfort me. But now we leave the valleys because there is that time when you do leave the valley. You don't spend the entirety of your life in the valley. You leave the valley, you go up to the highlands, the table areas, the mesas. And you go up to the fruitful place where you've done your time in the valley. Now now the shepherd leads you back up to the green water, or to the, you don't want green water, the green grass and the fresh water. It's like, oh man, oh, no green water. So when you begin to think of, man, Lord, we've been through this valley together, but after leaving the valley of shadows, we head up into the highlands, and there the shepherd takes care of me again, and he feeds me again, and he leads me again, and he makes me rest again. And shepherds would often go ahead and survey the highlands to make sure that where he led the flock out of the valley would be something sweet and wonderful. And very right in the middle of enemies, there's the shepherd taking good care of us while all of our enemies are wondering why opportunity for us to lead them to Jesus, to win them to Jesus, to share with them what's going on in my life. And I am where I am and my trust is what it is because of Jesus and his great grace. It's not because of me, because apart from Jesus, I'd be a mess through this. But because of Jesus, even though I am a mess, he's my strength and he gets me through it day by day. That's our good shepherd. He anoints our head with oil. The oil is often used by shepherds for the sheep as an ointment to bring healing to the times that the sheep would cut themselves. The ointment was put over to salve the wound and help bring healing to the sheep. Also, oil was often used as a lubricant among sheep. You know why? Because sheep butt heads. And there would be dominant sheep always trying to beat up other sheep. And after they were butting heads, all that the shepherd could do is just put the oil on and anoint it and take care of it and say, it's, I'm sorry you got, butt, I got, you got hit in the head this time, you know. I'm sorry that, that this took place. And it was just that comforting time of anointing with oil. And then also oil was used as a repellent to protect from the insects and the things that were bugging the sheep. And so often in the scriptures, you know, oil is used. You know what it's a picture of? Holy Spirit. Flip over to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, oil so often in the scripture speaks to us of the Holy Spirit and his work in and through our lives. And so we're anointed daily with the Holy Spirit. 
Just as it is in Psalm 23, you anoint my head with oil, where the Father's pouring his spirit out upon us. Look at verse 16 of chapter 5 in Galatians as we wind down here. I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. So guess what? You ever wonder why you're finding yourself doing things that you don't want to do? You find yourself falling into the flesh? Well, it's because there's a battle going on. There's a battle going on between the Holy Spirit leading you and anointing you and your own sinful habit patterns to take care of things your way. I'll take care of it. I'll manipulate this situation. I'll take... No, no, no. No, listen, if you walk in the Spirit, you're just fine. Being led by the Spirit. You are not under the law, verse 18. Now, jump down to verse 22. Notice, as you're walking in the Spirit, this is what you'll see. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such there is no law. Isn't that neat? The anointing of the Holy Spirit especially during times of difficulty and trials, helps us as a church to get along with one another. I'll tell you what, one of the things that difficult trials tend to do in our lives is make us very, very snippy. And guess who gets snipped at and snapped at? Whoever's closest. (laughs) It might be your kids, it might be your husband, it might be your wife, it might be that guy in front of you on the I-25 that cut you off. But when you're going through things and you're thinking through things, it can make you very snippy and not very loving, not very gentle, not very patient. And so now you know in the time of difficulties, the time of trials, we want the Holy Spirit to anoint us with a freshness of his Holy Spirit. That way we can get along with one another. We can love one another. We can be gentle to one another as he pours oil over us so that we can get along and be that strong force in the world that so desperately needs Jesus. It's such a contrast, isn't it, to the frustrations that we feel, the anxieties that we feel, the anger, the fact that we become very temperamental during times of trial, and then God is good shepherd. He just pours out his oil upon us. And notice verse 5 at the end, Psalm 23, my cup runs over. You know why? Because my shepherd gives forth his spirit in abundance. He doesn't give it out in measured portions. He pours out his spirit on our lives. And we need a fresh anointing. And so fill me up, Lord, because I'm so empty. And that's exactly what he does. He'll fill you up like never before. So when tough times come, we remember our good and great shepherd in verse 6 of Psalm 23. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. All, you might want to circle the word all, all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David is speaking here of the sovereign grace of God in his life. And what he is known for is not being a great king. He's not known for being a great dad. He's not known for being a great warrior. He's not known for being a great anything. What he's known for is being a sheep with a great shepherd. That's what we remember when we see Psalm 23. David, no, it's not about David at all. It's about his shepherd. It's about God taking care of him. It's about God sending his only begotten son to take care of the penalty of sin for us. It's about God doing a work in our lives, about ministering to our hearts. And before we leave, if you're jotting down notes, let me give you three things, three conclusions that I came up with. And I'm going to take these studies, I'm going to put them on my little MP3 player because at times we need to pull them out. There are times when I'm teaching through a Bible study and and the Lord says, Ed, this is for you. And I'm like, no, 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 it's not for me. It's for the church. 
I want to prepare the church, Lord. And he says, no, Ed, I want to prepare you. And I said, no, and we have these talks. And he says, boom, it's over, you know. <laughs> and maybe you find yourself, this, you might be listening to this, you go, I know the person needs to hear this. That's great. Shoot him a CD, give him the MP3, whatever you want to do. Oh, I, man, I, I could have used this six months ago. Okay, that's great. But for some of you, God's just dropping this in your heart. Today, last Sunday, the previous one, just dropping in your heart so that you might remember your good shepherd in the times of difficulty and confusion, the times when you're tossed to and fro and you don't have the answer that you're looking for. And I came to some conclusions. You might come to your own conclusions. But number one, because Jesus is my shepherd and he's in control, I can rest. I can rest. I can look at the situations in my life and simply rest in Jesus Christ that he's going to take care of me. Because when the temptation to comes to me to get stressed out and messed up and the pressures of life begin to push in on me, I can surrender my agenda, I can surrender my plans, and I can just rest in him. I don't really have to take myself so seriously anymore because I'm in the hands of the master and he's my shepherd. Jot this down, 1 Chronicles chapter 22, verse 18. I'll read it to you. 1 Chronicles 22:18 says, Is not the Lord your God with you? And has he not given you rest on every side? For he has given the inhabitants of the land into my hand, and the land is subdued before the Lord and before his people. Listen to that question. Hasn't the Lord given you rest? The answer is yes. No matter what our state is. Number two, because my shepherd cares I can give him my burdens and leave them there. Because he cares for me, he invites me to take my burdens to him. That I can actually lay them before. I've found that in my life and in yours as well, that we can carry around so many burdens that fill up our hands and fill up our arms and we're just carrying all the burdens that are on our shoulders, on our backs, and we're carrying around, they're filling up our hands that we have no time, no ability, and no desire to help anyone else. So we got all our own burdens. So I'd love to help you right now, but I got 20 things I'm dealing with, you know? And it's all about me. In reality, it's not all about you or me. It's about Jesus Christ and how he wants to use your life. For some of you, he's going to use your life through trials. You don't want to be carrying around all these burdens. A lot of times we can't even embrace those that we love because we're carrying around so many burdens. We're carrying around so many cares. This psalm allows us to release our burdens to the Lord. I'm just a sheep, and Jesus is my shepherd. I can and you can let go and cast our cares upon him. We went through this not too long ago. You can jot it down in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6. It says, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he might exalt you in due time. Verse 7 says, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. And so number one, because my shepherd's in control, I can rest. Number two, because my shepherd cares, I can give him my burdens. And thirdly, because my shepherd loves me, I can trust him to guide my life. I can trust him. Everything about his direction, everything that he allows into my life, everything that he gives me, everything that he takes away, I can trust him. My shepherd, he knows me personally. You know why? Because he became like me. The shepherd became a sheep some 2,000 years ago. The shepherd became a sheep to relate to you and me. 2,000 years ago, God became a man and was obedient to the Father even unto death. 
And you know, he had to die because we are all sinners in need of his forgiveness. And so I can trust him to guide my life because he knows me. Jesus knows what you go through. He knows your ups and downs. And that qualifies him to run my life. He has every right whatsoever to run my life and to tell me where to go and what to do, to ordain in my life the days that I live, the direction and the steps that I'm to take, the things that he allows in my life to draw me nearer. And it's only in the shepherd's care that I find the quietness and the calmness I so desperately want when tough times come my way. And so the question is, have you committed your life to Jesus Christ? That can go many different ways, you know. Have you committed your life to Jesus Christ in this particular situation? Have you committed your life to Jesus Christ for the entirety of your life? Have you committed your life to Jesus Christ in, ter in terms of tough times and also in terms of sinful times? Have you just come to the place where you're ready to stop striving and rest in your shepherd? Believers, we have a tendency to continue to strive even though we love Jesus Christ. You're striving right now. It doesn't really mean you don't love Jesus. It just means you're not trusting him. That's all. You need to release it and let go. Stop trying to fix it. Stop trying to manipulate the situations. Stop trying to make it turn out the way you think it should turn around. And just trust him. Because he's going to get you through whatever you're going through. For some of you people here today, some of you precious, wonderful people, you're backslidden. You're far from the Lord. You have a name that you're a Christian, but your life doesn't represent that at all. You're not living for him at all. You're in church, but the problem is you have one foot in the church and one foot in the world, and you're miserable, and you know it. And God has allowed a few things in your life to draw you near. And we give you an opportunity to renounce your backslidden ways and lay your life before Jesus Christ. And there's still others of, here, of you here that don't have a shepherd. You really have a cruel master, the devil, the God of this world, the God of this age. And you think you got everything together, but your sin has separated you from God. And the shepherd, he became a sheep for you and me, laid his life down as the good shepherd so that by faith in him, your sins would be forgiven. It's that simple. If you will put your trust in Jesus Christ today as an unbeliever, you'll be saved. You'll be born again. If you put your trust in Jesus Christ again, backslidden one, and come back, Jesus, he'll welcome you back as the prodigal came back. The father will run to meet you. If you have a name that you're a Christian today, but your life doesn't represent that, then today's the day to repent. Because tough times come to all of us. And God uses them in many different ways. And I just pray that through tough times, not only do we find ourselves crying out with the why questions, and not only do we find ourselves crying out with the what questions, but I pray that it all ends with the who question. I don't know what, what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, next week, in the next couple months. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if the rapture is going to take place. I, I don't know what's up ahead in God's economy. I don't know what the future holds. But I'll tell you, I do know who holds the future. And I trust him. And I cling to him. And I hold on to him. And he is my shepherd. And I'm just a sheep. Following his lead. And allowing him to do what he wants to do in my life. So that I could become more like Jesus. Hey, thanks for listening to Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. We're going and growing through a study of Romans right now. You can hear this message again online at AboundingGraceRadio.com or listen through either of our apps. Search for Calvary Aurora in the App Store or Google Play. 
Maybe you're looking for a good book to go through as we begin a new year. Well, here in the month of January, we picked out an excellent one written by Warren Wiersbe. It ties in quite nicely to our current study, too. It's called On Being a Servant of God. Sometimes we lose sight of what ministry and service is all about as we get overwhelmed by the pressures and the needs that surround us. Be encouraged and strengthened by the wisdom that Warren Wiersbe shares in this easy-to-read book. We'll send you a copy when you support Abounding Grace with a gift of $25 or more. Just call and ask for On Being a Servant of God. Our number is 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-30-GRACE. Abounding Grace is made possible through the generous support of our listeners. And as we begin another year of delivering God's Word one verse at a time, we're looking to our listeners for help. Together, we can reach people with the love and truth of Christ and make a difference in these last days. To make a secure donation, drop by AboundingGraceRadio.com or call 877-30-GRACE. Next time on Abounding Grace, we'll continue Pastor Ed Taylor's study of Romans. Thank you for listening today, and we'll look for you tomorrow as we open the Word together in search of God's abounding grace. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado.